so exciting. All right. Hi, everybody. I'm Vicki. I'm Lynn. And I'm Bree. And we are telling on ourselves. Yeah. And we have a beautiful guest today, Miss Claudia Valandia. But you're going to have to wait patiently to hear her beautiful voice because we have our first segment, which is going to be awesome. Get ready for it. Miss Lynn Garrett has a fantastical first thought wrong. Well, thank you, Vicki. I don't know if I've ever had such an amazing introduction before. (laughs) (laughs) She's a little giddy this morning. Um, So funny thing happened yesterday. You know, the funny thing happened on the way to Met. And it's kind of a recap of a first thought wrong I've had before. And the funny part of this is that I'm still holding on to it. So <laughs> it's it's a good lesson for me. So yesterday I went hiking with friends and one person had never been with my friend and I that we usually go with. So we were talking about places around the area to go and and um, she goes up to Wisconsin a lot. So we were asking questions about that. And then it, somehow it came up about Starved Rock. And I'm like, oh, my God, let me tell you about our trip to Starved Rock last fall. So I'm telling her about how busy it is. And it's like Disneyland. And I've never been to the woods before. And so many people. And, uh, you know, and I was, kind of, I was, of course, being dramatic because I'm still scarred by it. And my friend that I went with, she turned around with this, at like the sweetest Brie thing. She goes, I'm hearing a lot of pants in that and what I realized I was saying you know they can't they can't follow the trail etiquette they were bringing boom boxes they can't do that they can't do this they can't do that and I'm like oh my god I'm still holding on to all this and indignation was my big thing and the difference that I learned the growth that I've experienced since it happened in the fall is that this time when I realized what I was still doing and still holding on um, I could look at it with humor and curiosity and I didn't shame myself about it. So that was like a big learning thing that I'm proud of. I'm still not proud that I'm still holding on to that and not ready to, you know, it's like, I think I let it down and then I'm like, oh no, 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 I'm still there pissed off at so many people daring to come to the same place I went to, you know, so that's still a work in progress, but I am able to have more compassion and self-love for myself, which has really been something I've been trying to work on. So. You know, it's, it's kind of, I'm still the half and half You're making some progress, taking some steps back. Well, and Star Rock is, is this beautiful place in Illinois that has these almost like caverns out, like big, big rock formations and pretty waterfall. And it has all these things, but we live near Chicago. So it's either the suburbs where everything looks like a carbon cutout or it's urban, very urban in the city. So you don't get much nature around here. So when you go, when you go there, there's a lot of city dwellers, (laughs) suburb dwellers that don't know hiking etiquette, which if I wasn't with you, Lynn, I wouldn't, I would be one of those people because I just don't know. I mean, I'm learning. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good lesson. I could, I could just so relate to you though, because I constantly find myself, it's actually kind of funny. I'll tell on myself a little bit here. When I have situations like that and people aren't following the rules, like it kind of like really, really annoys me. And I'm like in my mind about it too. But then on the flip side, when I'm somewhere and I'm doing something wrong and somebody comes along and like tells me like, oh, we're really not supposed to do that here or like, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, 
wow, you've got nothing better to do than to like come around and tell people that they're doing everything <laughs> wrong. So it's like, I want it when it's going to benefit me. Right. But then when it doesn't, or somebody's calling me out or, you know, sometimes I'll even make fun of those people. I'm like, oh, those people, they're, they're just the kind of people that have to say something, you know, they have to, you know, let everybody know that they're not following the rules. So <laughs> be in the personal. Talk about being yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like such a hypocrite about it. Like, it's like when they're not there, I want them there to tell everybody else they're doing things wrong. But when yeah, they're there, you don't want to like, tell oh. the people you just think it right. You don't tell right. people. Yeah. But then when somebody does come along and they're correcting people or trying to get people to follow the rules, I'm like, Ooh, cringe. Like, Oh, that person has nothing better to do. Like they feel like, Oh, they need to tell people what to do. You know what that reminds me of Brie? So uh, Claudia, well, let's introduce Claudia. Then we'll do definition <laughs> corner and we'll get right into it. But um, so I'm so excited. I did, for those of you that don't know, I did this habit <clears throat> mastery summit and I found this lovely new friend, Claudia Valandia, and she is a coach. She is a, just a phenomenal human being. And um, I'm going to let her tell about all the things she does because there are so many beautiful things she does. Um, but first, but first, Lynn, what definition did you choose? I am doing consciousness. Ooh, that ties into what Miss Claudia is going to talk to us about today. And uh, the definition that that spoke to me was refers to your individual awareness of your unique thoughts, memories, feelings, sensations, and environments. Beautiful. So, Claudia, tell us about yourself. Hi, everyone. First of all, thank you, Lean, Vicky, and Bree, for having me here. I'm so excited to be here. And, and I already love your conversation and openness and vulnerability that, that you have. So, about me, yes, I was lovely meeting you, Vicky, in your summit. And I'm originally from Colombia, but I live in Canada, in Calgary. I have been living in Canada for 12 years. Um, I work as a consciously, conscious leadership coach, back to the subject that Lynn was saying about consciousness. And also, I am the bestseller author of Wake Up, How to Get Out of Your Mind, Stop Living Out of Pilot, and Start Choosing Your Best Life. So... I worked for many years as a, in the corporate world that my journey, my inner journey of conscious transformation took me to a place where I now want to express and share with others what I have learned, my new understandings. And it's inspired me to, to teach others what is really possible for themselves and the power that they have with their mind when they become more aware, when they become more conscious, when they become more emotional intelligence. So, and uh, I love to teach those concepts uh, to individuals as well, to the corporate world and to teams. So that way you can really live your life with purpose and not in that pilot mode of living because life is richer, it's more full, more delicious when we tap into, into true nature and our inner knowing and self-love and self-compassion. So that's a quick one. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, so I was looking at your website and went down a couple of rabbit holes. But one of the, the parts mm. that I liked when you're talking about people um, working on their awareness, willingness, preparedness, and what are the, we have, we all have self-limiting ideas about how we're supposed to behave. And you have these bullet points of emotional intelligence, fulfillment and purpose, stress-free life, love, joy, and peace. Do you want to talk a little bit about 
that the component? Yes. 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 So when I discover lean is that when we do the inner work, when we become, we understand ourselves at the core, when we start controlling our mind, in that moment is when we start being fulfilled, happy and live with purpose and have the richness of life. Because uh, we are not aware that we have been conditioned for so many years since we were little. We have been programmed. So, and those programming, those limiting beliefs are running our subconscious mind as if an autopilot. And we are not self-aware of those conversations or that narrative or those beliefs. We react to life and we behave in such a ways. So then we are living in this automatic process. But when we bring consciousness, when we are more self-aware, we're aware of our limiting beliefs. In that moment, we are able to direct mm-hmm. our life. We're able to live unconditional life. And what I'm talking about unconditionally life is that we have been conditioned, we have been programmed in our society to have the outside world to condition how we feel, to condition that we feel safe, to condition the how we feel love, to condition so many things as within ourselves that we want to control. So then when we look within and we tap into our inner power, we know who we truly are, then we can start becoming, uh, become, we are unconditioned, the truth of who we are, that is unconditional love and loving ourselves unconditionally and accepting ourselves unconditionally. So in that moment, we are not looking from that side world to fulfill those needs of happiness, joy, peace, and purpose because it comes from within. So that's what I'm saying, that in the moment that you do all this self-worth, self-awareness, that's when you start truly living a richer life with all those emotions that I have on my website. <laughs> Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, I uh, There's lots of things. I'm, I'm still processing it. Sorry. But um, we talk a lot about how we hold on to behaviors that we learned when we were little to protect us. Mm-hmm. And as adults, we're still... We're still um, working on we still live by conditions we learned mere five and six that protected us then and they don't Mm -hmm. translate to us as adults but that's all we know you know that's what kept us safe all these years so we Mm -hmm. still keep doing that so with the work that you do with people how do you start identifying breaking down and changing yeah the first one is as you say identifying and self-awareness and observation so for my own experience what I do is utilizing my emotions the moment that I feel anger or feel upset, I feel, the moment that I feel a negative emotion, in that moment I pause and recognize really what's going on within me. A, what got triggered, what belief, what, I, what need I have in, is because I'm looking for a sense of safety. I'm looking for a sense of, of feeling validated and loved. So that's kind of the first step of, of validation, like a awareness, no validation, but that I validate the emotion that I have within me. Which is something that we in um, our program, our 12-step program, the pause is like, it is completely one of the things that we highly recommend. It even says it in our text. It says, we pause when agitated or stressful, right? And it's such a powerful, that pause that you talk about, that you speak Mm -hmm. of, Claudia, is such a powerful thing. One of our friends who was on the podcast has a butterfly tattoo. And in the body of the butterfly, she put a pause button, the two lines that are on the pause button. So Mm -hmm. she can remind herself that she needs to pause. 
And yeah. I mean, it's just so important. Totally, totally. Because in that, I know that is, it's not easy. It requires so much of awareness to pause right in the moment. And the first, the first word you feel it is in our bodies. We feel something is racing. So in that moment, just take a big breath. In that way, you can set yourself in and then you pass. And then in the moment, then you can start. When you feel calm, then you can go back and, and ask those questions that I was mentioning about. Like, really, what, what is my need? What do I need here? And when it comes to, is that about the self needs that we are looking to fulfill outside of ourselves? And those programming that you were mentioning that we created as we were kids, that we are reacting to someone, we've been upset about someone because... For instance, I'm going to explain you this. This is happening to me this morning. Uh, I was reflecting of how I'm feeling because uh, I'm continue healing a, a relationship. For me, it has been some uh, something that I've been learning so much through my life. And that the, the lack of self-love and looking for relationships took me to a lot of drinking and partying because I was looking for validation in men. And it's something that I, it's on some memories that I had when I was a kid. Uh, the the realization that that I that I thought I was not loved, that I needed to be someone else to be loved, that I was not accepted, and what I discovered this morning through my meditation is the abandonment that I experienced, and that was what I was clinging so much into into relationships because I didn't I, until this morning I realized that I was abandoning me myself through all those years. And unconsciously, I was still continue doing it. That's so powerful. And and thank you for sharing your journey. You're not one of us, but you um, understand that drowning, right? Like that drowning things out with drinking or whatever it is to stop feeling. And I think the, the, the really important piece that you're bringing up right here about that unconsciousness and, um, and really just like, when when you can discover what that underneath all of that you you know you take off all the dirty stuff and you understand mm-hmm. the the core thing i didn't feel loved or i felt rejected or i felt like i had to earn love and mm-hmm. guess what one thing that i have the gift of this program is that i have when i was in this program I'm sure my parents loved me more than they could ever even Mm -hmm. imagine because I have kids and I understand that love. But I will tell you that was, you know, you, when you uncover what that little thing is and, and you're able to be, um, when we come into these rooms, they say something to us. They say, let us love you until you love yourself. And because I had drowned myself for all those years and I allowed that feeling, which wasn't even true. I allowed that feeling Mm -hmm. to control every choice and movement I made. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to be loved. Like Mm -hmm. I was not able to allow other people to love me Mm -hmm. because of this belief I had in my system. And it mostly was unconscious. It was a little bit conscious, but you know, I mean, mm-hmm. what a gift when you can get down to what that is. And then it's kind of like when we talked yeah. about the four agreements, it's it's like, oh, that's not even true, right? Yeah. So yeah. what a beautiful, beautiful gift. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and what I'd like to say is Claudia does a lot of work on herself too, right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and she's still uncovering. So to anybody that's been in recovery a long time, that's been working on themselves for a long time, that's really been in feeling like, oh, God, I should be over this. Like, 
kind of what Linda to herself earlier. Oh, I'm still holding on to this. Guess what? It's a lifelong process. It's a journey and it's, um, and it's okay. The good news is, is that when we get quiet and meditate, we can uncover and go a little bit deeper and become less hooked to that that belief system, right? Yeah, they so that we train ourselves. And as you were saying, because it's a life journey. I have been doing this journey uh, for 10 years now. And I started it because I was drinking a lot and partying a lot and I needed a change. So, and then, and I, and I know that it will continue. But let me go back to answer the question that Lynn has said, asked me about how you move beyond those, when, once you uncover how you move beyond them. So the reason that I brought my experience is to, to share with you how do I deal with those things now, right? Because I brought awareness about my emotions, okay, what's really going on with me. Then I recognized that it was the cells of, I'm, I'm looking for a man to, to save me still. Like uh, that, because it gave me the, I feel abandoned, abandonment. I feel abandoned. And then I was looking for someone to not abandon me and then I can, I can feel safe. So, and then the realization was like, okay, so I feel I've been abandoning myself because I was seeking safety outside of myself. So with that awareness, now what I do is look at myself with compassion and self-love and look at the, at the little girl, me, the little girl who, who felt that she was abandoned by her father. Because as you said, because I know my dad loved me so much. I know that he loved me very, very much. He did the best that he knew. Uh, but as a kid, that was the history I was telling myself that he abandoned me. And that's what I was looking for that for another man. So then now I just look at that little girl in me with so much love and compassion and tell her that that's not her job to protect me. That that's not her job to, to, to save me, that, that, I, that I got this, that I now as an adult, I can protect her and I love her, that she is free to be happy, to play to feel safe in her world. So I imagine myself holding her and loving her and to her that giving her that reassurance. And then for me now is that how can I nurture that self-love? I cannot abandon myself. How can I go back to my core? How can I find that safe place within me? And that's how uh, I work through this journey. Doesn't make sense. So it's gonna giving the assurance to my inner child, the my inner kid, and then now working as an adult myself. Like, okay, that's fine. We love and compassion. How can give that that need that I was looking outside of myself with me? How can I nurture myself in that aspect? That's yeah, a beautiful, beautiful way to put it. And I, I completely identify with that little girl because she is just still trying to protect me. And I think it was Liz Gilbert um, that said um, her kind of analogy is that it, for her, it's her bratty little sister and she puts her in the back seat and she gets mm-hmm. to ride in the car, but she doesn't get to tell you where to go. She doesn't get to drive, but she gets to be there and she gets to be loved. And that's what mm-hmm. I think of is that that. <clears throat> that little girl that's still trying to protect me. It's like, you're still here and I still love you, but you don't get to tell me where we're going anymore because that's my job now. Yeah. And I look at it with a lot of self-compassion because they are doing the best that they can. Our little, little girls, right. They look, they're doing the best that they can with the best that they know. And that's how they felt protected and safe. So it's, it's important to not reject that aspect of ourselves because 
uh, the tendency can be unmatic that you are here still like, ah, oh, still this is happening. I can't believe that you cannot get over this little girl. Like, oh, seriously, let me, let me handle it. You stay back. Don't say anything. I'm handle it. You know, like uh, that a, a strong parent, like just, no, I'm doing this. So what I have learned in my journey is that it's not in that way. Like uh, I'm listening to your needs and listening what you're looking for. And I am loving you with compassion and I'm listening. What do you want? And I direct you and I support you. So it's not like, I don't want to hear about you or no, I, I'm including you. And, and I got, we got this together. That's kind of the mind. We got this together. We got this together for our healing. And yes, yeah, it's a, it's a journey. <laughs> it's, and I think, for me, what has really helped is um, you were saying in meditation, you learn to, to go deep and to listen and to be quiet. And I've learned uh, with my meditation practice to really pay attention to my body cues. Mm-hmm. And because those are the first indicators when you talk about yes. the pause. And for me, it's always in my stomach. I get the little blood butterflies. That's like the anxiety thing. And yeah. um, to stop and go, what is, what is making me anxious about this? And then the second part is to look at it just with curiosity and compassion and mm-hmm. Not, mm-hmm. not with shame. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah. When I was talking about the yesterday, it's like, at first I'm like, you know, I was, I was wanting to feel shamed about that, that, Oh my God, I'm being so judgy. How can I be so judgy? But mm-hmm. no, it's just, it's more cur- for me. It works with humor and mm-hmm. curiosity. Like, yes. Huh. Absolutely. One of the things I love that because curiosity is something that has supported me very much being curious. Another one is look at it as a way it's a source of information. How beautiful is this? It's a source of information. It's a source of information to really what's going on within me so I can heal. I can look into that with that with a curious with a curious mindset. Another thing that I that I do lean when I look at my body, sometimes uh, we don't have the Sometimes we are so fixated, like what is, what is, what is, what is, what is, what is, what is really touching me, or what is the, what is the trigger? What I'm feeling, I did. What I'm feeling, anxious, and you know, and then we can go into that mental rut of going, trying to figure it out what it is, right? And sometimes all that we need is to observe, observe it without labels, and allow and give us the space to observe it. So That's so that, powerful. Yeah. I mean. Right. You don't, because especially it's such good advice for us in recovery, Claudia, because we are constantly trying to put a name on it, figure out our part. And and that is an important part of our recovery process. But sometimes we just need to that use that pause and, and not judge it. And I think always we shouldn't be judging it. I mean, we should look at it. We should be able to identify it. But I think as a woman in recovery, one of the problems I had for a really long time was I would judge it. I would, I would be like, how, why are you doing this? Stop doing this. You're supposed to be in acceptance is that myth that Mm -hmm. just because you get sober and you work the steps, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be in this place, but it's not true. And sometimes just observing it is is all you need to do. Yes, exactly. Because what's happened as well is that the we can we can will we want to will things through, right? 
I want to feel better. I'm going to control my thoughts. I wanted to control this. And then what it does is creating more resistance. I'm supposed to be an accepting. I'm supposed to love in myself. I'm supposed to be going over this, right? So what it does is that, but I'm not, and I'm, we can tell ourselves, I'm not judging myself, but it's still um, created this inner resistance. So then when, so the important is that observe it. When I'm talking of observe it, it's like, Stay with emotion. I just observe what is going on. Like uh, if a if a thought comes out, it's like, oh, here we are. Go back to your breath. And if you feel in the body, observe what is happening in the body. For instance, I, I feel it on the my right hand side of my tummy, and I still I'm feeling it right now as we speak. So is that this morning my meditation, I was observing it, right? Like, oh, there you are. And then without any, without any attachment, with any judgment, like, uh, oh, there you are. And then with compassion, does make sense? It's just, and allowing the space. And the beauty of the observation is because I gave myself that space of observing it, that then it's going to realize that I was abandoning myself, that I have been abandoning myself still yes <laughs> i've been working on that for a long time so well, i'm still doing that so it's that core work and and you know i love that we're talking about this little girl and i have um and and some of my uh advertising for some of my classes i found this picture of me when i was little and i was in roller skates and this cute little summer outfit mm-hmm. with argyle socks pulled up and you know these white with red, white, and blue uh, roller skates that everybody probably had. And I'm holding my favorite little elephant stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. And um, and there was like so much joy in that picture, right? There was so much joy in that picture. And I, um, I recommend to a lot of people to find a picture of themselves when they were that little girl and they had that joy. And remember that that's what that's what you really, that your little girl, when your little girl is trying to keep you safe, that's what your little girl really is. That's the essence of who you are, your little girl or your little boy, right? That, mm-hmm. that joy and that, um, that's your true essence. But because we haven't evolved, you know, because of our little baby brain, we, we continue to try and keep ourselves safe and comfortable. And by doing so, feeling abandoned or feeling rejected Mm -hmm. or feeling unloved or feeling like I have to be perfect or feeling, 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 you know, it's just so, it's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And remembering (laughs) feelings aren't facts. No, they're not. And I think about, I mean, Vicki, sometimes you talk about this, like your amygdala, right? Like this, like a lot of stuff is programmed into us subconsciously when we're so little. And so it's constantly when we're little and we don't really have awareness or conscious reasoning, like things are happening and we're thinking and feeling, but it's really like fight or flight a lot in our, you know, amygdala taking over. And I feel like a lot of this work is connecting your, your, which for people, I guess, who are listening, like your amygdala is like your, I don't, prehistoric brain, you know, the, the thing that keeps you safe. Um, You know, it's the thing that tells you to stop touching the stove if it's hot or like the bear is running at you that you should like run away or that you need to fear for your life. And so now I think it's just cool that we have this opportunity to work on our prefrontal cortex, which is like 
how we make sense of some of the emotions we're feeling and being able to analyze why I'm, you know, why I'm having this fear or why I'm going back to this pattern of behavior. Um, and that's something I've, it's so funny. I had this conversation with somebody earlier this week about that awareness and uh, kind of merging the two so that we're not constantly living off of emotions as fuels for like why we do everything. But it is just, for me, it's, it's still sometimes such a practice. And I even feel like, like years ago, maybe I was like, yeah, it's, it's constantly an ebb and a flow because I, I, and I judge myself because I, you know, three years ago, I was so much better at this, you know? And, and now I feel like I'm letting my emotions constantly get the best of me again and lacking that awareness. So just to remember that it is a practice and a journey and how much you want to grow at it all depends on how much time you want to give it, right? Like I have choices to when I'm feeling something to feel it and to question it and dig deep, or I can go turn on the TV or I can open TikTok or I can yell at the person who I feel like is responsible for the way that I feel, you know? Um, so yeah, I just really, I think it's so crazy that you're not crazy, but crazy divine and that you're on the podcast today because I'm experiencing this in my own life. So it is a, to me, a divine sign from the universe to slow down, breathe, take a look, do the physical gut check feeling that you're talking about. Like, I, I don't can't even tell you when's the last time I did that. So just you saying that as a reminder for me, it's like, oh yeah, those are tools that I have. Like I can do that at any time. Like, I just <laughs> yeah. simply sometimes forget that because sometimes it feels better to be in the emotions and to be in the anger and to hold on to that righteous indignation or whatever it might be, right? So mm -hmm. yeah, I just think it's very mm -hmm. it's cool that you've done all this work and that it was, you know, brought brought yeah. about by your your you know partying or whatever I have a question. <laughs> yes what about sometimes yeah. we live with people who are unconscious <clears throat> you know in our lives and we go about and it's frustrating for us to you know do you have any advice for yeah. people because you can't change other people do you have any advice yeah you're living with people who are unconscious to their trauma yeah accepting how they are accepting how they are and loving who they are and see them in their truth and what I'm saying about not seeking to change them either. So uh, knowing that they, that they are in their own journey as well, that they're in their own self-journey mm. and that they are living their life at the best that they know, at the best that they can. So having those, those thoughts present really helps a lot because that gives us, uh, we give them self-compassion and, and, and acceptance and we accept them as they are and we love them unconditionally things start shifting as well for mm. the relationship, for yourself, for them, because it's not like I want to control you, right? And the other part is that when, when we see that the other one is un <clears throat> unconscious or, or they're reactive, right? And the behavior is affecting you. So it's like, okay, what can I take responsibility for that and accept him as they are, accept her as they are, right? Because then, as you were mentioning, Brie, uh, when we start doing this work and that's something that I come to realization and I continue deep in my knowing is that we have so much power within us and to control our own ex way of experience life. 
we give so much we give so much credit to others for instance someone told me the other day i hate how you're making me be right now and it's like i'm not making you to do anything right but we unconsciously tell that history so and is that not true i'm not then no one is doing making us out to do anything so then when you ask me that it's about how can i control my own reaction how can i accept them unconditional love and accept them as they are that they're on their own journey and let them be how they are and hold that space for them too right and that reminds me of because a lot of us in this program it's a family disease and um, it's no secret that i have a sister that um, used to be in the program and now she's not and um, one of the things that my sponsor always reminds me it's kind of what you said, she has her own higher power. She has her own journey. She has her own, I can't make her accept it. And dude, I want to try sometimes, you know, I want to try and fix it. And the other piece of that, that, that you were talking about that made me think of it is, you know, um, sometimes we, have this, this idea of what you said about the compassion we have for ourselves and we have to give it to them. And I think, especially in like living together, like with my kids or whatever, close people where, Mm -hmm. you know, you, when you're crabby, you're crabby, right. Or when they're crabby, they're crabby. You're at home. You're, you're allowed to be crabby. Right. And Um, sometimes it's really hard to give them a pass, right? Sometimes it's like, dude, it's hard on all of us. Why do you have to act like that and make it worse? Well, they're not doing it on purpose. They don't wake up and say, I'm going to make my mom's job miserable today. That is not what they're (laughs) thinking, you know? So I guess what I keep thinking about as we're talking is loving kindness and that meditation, doing that meditation over and over again for me, for the people I love, for the community, for the country, for the continent, for the world, you know, and, and I think that's what I keep coming to as a, as a way to get through some of this stuff. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And breathing, we don't realize how the power of breath, like as soon as we get triggered, just gonna take a big breath and just go, right, I can't even tell you how many times I still get triggered and, and it comes and for me it's a lot of relationships, romantic relationships, because that triggers that that little girl me that we we're talking earlier, right? So then when something said, someone says something that I get triggered, and in that aspect, I anchor myself in my breath. And and someone who who is unconscious as what you were asking, Brie, that triggers you just ask yourself in your breath. And and that's very powerful. We we don't realize how how powerful actually it is to to take to breathe. And I know that we say like I don't even have time to breathe, but taking three breaths is all what we need to to give the space. And when you were talking about the the brain and the fight or flight response, what is that so important? The breath. I'm just going to speak the explain the the physicality part of it, and it's because the breath calms the nervous system. So when your your brain is in the fight or flight response, right? What it does is sends a stress hormones through your body, through the nervous system, ready to fight and flight, right? But in the moment that you breathe, you right away bring yourself to conscious and the breathing helps to, to manage and lower 
the fight or flight response and calm your nervous system. So what it does, it gives you the, the clarity of mind to respond to situation, to have the, that thought, okay, they are doing the best that they can right now. They are reacting based on their programming. So then we can start extending that compassion and that love. So anchor ourselves in breathing definitely will support a lot too. Thank you for making that connection for me. <laughs> I, I didn't even connect those two. So that that's really cool. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah, that was beautiful. Um, I keep thinking about how much I depend on unconsciously autopilot thinking to get me through situations. And even mm -hmm. though I feel like I'm so much more, well, I know I am more mindful than I was five years ago, how much I still kind of truck along on autopilot, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it's the little things observing the physical cues, you know, all those, those things that, and Bree said, it, it's like, I have the tools just, I forget to use them um, because I'm. It's it's easier just to let your unconscious get you to glide through the day, mm -hmm. uh, and making that shift can be hard. Yeah, it's hard, and we don't like change. Change is scary. You know, it's all yeah. all those things that we're pre-programmed with. Change yeah, bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of the things that I was coming to you this morning is because as a kid, we want to be safe and loved, right? And what we don't like change is because we, we're looking to control. We are in control mode. We don't want to change because I'm good right now. Even though that is painful, even that is good, unless I feel safe in my painfulness. If that makes sense? Mm -hmm. So then, and that gives me a sense of safety. So then if being, being aware of that is a really good step because then we can say, how can I, how can I be safe myself right now? How can I take one more step in the change and feeling safe still and, and expanding that, that love to ourselves? Because it, it's a journey. Like I'm still uh, continue finding things of the autopilot in me. So it's a continued journey. How I call it, it's like a peeling the onion. And, and we, if we go to the to the root of who we are. And this is something that I'm learning even more nowadays. Uh, I will say in the last year, in the last months, is that if we know that we are souls and human divine being, uh, human <laughs> divine beings having this human experience, and then we came here to evolve, to grow, to expand, to have experiences. If we really connect to that faith that, that we are not just this body, that as well, Knowing that or, or uh, rooting ourselves in that faith on moments of despair or moments of I don't know what to do right now, that helps us as well to ease the experience. So like, okay, here I am having one more experience. I'm here. I'm sure I will be learning about this. I'm sure that I will evolve from this. I'm, I'm learning because one of the things that I have noticed is that we heal, we uncover the subconscious, we heal our inner self, and then life is going awesome, and then you feel delicious, flying, and it's perfect, and then suddenly, bam, <laughs> exactly, something like, bam, it's telling you, wait a second, it's still more, 
more to do. So it's not that we're falling back. It's important to realize that. That's not that we all, like you were saying, Brie, what I was doing before three years ago, I was better. I was feeling greater. It's not less like I was there yet. I learned what I needed to learn. Now I'm uncovering more because now I have the tools, I have the strength, I have the knowing, I have the self-awareness to manage, to work on the things that are coming up right now. Make sense? Because sometimes when I, for me, if I uncover things that I've been covering, that I uncovered last year, if I haven't covered that five or six years ago, perhaps I wouldn't be able to work with them or deal with them. But then now I have the tools and I have the emotional strength to know that, okay, that's, that's what is coming. So trusting that our soul is guiding us in our journey and that we are more than our body as well help us very much when things are not, you know, are, a, we feel all those emotions coming up. It's like, okay, just breathe and this is one more experience. So I could listen to you for hours. <laughs> you know, like, I could sit here and listen all day long. And it's just beautiful because it's authentic and sincere and genuine, you know, genuine. It's all the things that I search for in people that I like to connect with. Um, it makes me, it gives me courage to be authentic. Well, and permission, right? Like that. That uncovering just takes us to another level of uncovering that that is um, so we're more prepared for it. Right. So building these muscles so that we're able to um, just take another, you know, another layer of that off another another cloak that we have on that's protecting us. We could take it off, you know, and and shine in our like you know, whatever, our, our true selves and authentic selves. And then we'll get another cloak on probably. And then we get to take it off. And it's just, mm-hmm. um, it's just like the journey of, so we do golden nuggets at the end. So um, is everybody okay if I share my golden nuggets? Yeah. Okay. So my golden nugget was what you just said, that we are divine beings that came here to evolve, grow and expand. Right. And when we remember that, when, and and for us in the program, for me, it's about how can I be of service to others as this divine being that helps me uncover this. So either when I'm of service to people and I might get like my button pushed and I might feel a little like, Hmm, yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't, I want to control this or, or when I'm able to, to be okay with it and be in that expansion, it's like, um, that's how I get to practice and learn and grow and, and, and be my divine being, be my authentic true self. And, um, if I, if I breathe and if there's very simple things that we get to do, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to go take a pill for it. You can really just do some of these little things that we learn and forget and that's why we come together. That's why we're doing this podcast together so that we're reminded. That's where the divine peace and in, in, in our humanness and our connection is so, so beautiful and so amazing and, and profound to me. And, and that's why I try to stay open even when I'm closed, right? I try to stay open to, okay, we'll just try it anyways. Just, just go for it anyways. I, I love the divine being. That was one of my golden nuggets. And then the other uh, one is observing without labels. Um, that's really tough. It's really hard for me. I, I 
try to be mindful of it and and stop it. Um, Claudia, we call our old behaviors, um, I do anyway, wagon wheel ruts. And we have these mm. really deep ruts from the wagon wheels and we're trying to make new ones. And sometimes they slide back down, but we're constantly trying to, you know, get off that path. And and when I'm observing things without labels, then I'm, I'm not having the defensiveness that I feel that I've done something wrong. Yeah. It's not wrong. It's just different. And mm-hmm. there's a big, when I, when I just use those words, it's just different. That that all automatically it like relaxes me and gives me more compassion and love and I, and I can work on changing and observing without labels is going to be like one of my mantras that I start using uh, when I'm feeling that because it's just ah it's so fantastic <laughs> beautiful <laughs> thanks Lynn uh, yeah my I like the divine being as well it's and looking at yourself curiously you know, ever to be curious about why you're feeling a certain way. And just the reminder that it's, it's a choice and it's work to, to look at the things. And um, yeah, that's not, I mean, sometimes it's fun. I feel like sometimes I wake up and I get like really geeked out about stuff like that, you know, and, or there are periods in my life where I'm super geeked out about it. And then there's other times where I'm on autopilot kind of like, you know, what your book talks about is like, how do we stop just living on autopilot? And today was like a really great reminder that there's a choice to look at yourself, to be curious about what's going on and to, to grow from it. So, which makes it cool that we're these divine beings, like in having a human experience, right? Cause we get to do that. So that's mm-hmm. the gift. And I'm just going to try not to judge others who are not there yet. That's a big thing in my life too, is to not to judge myself and to not judge others for being in different places with that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, love them as they are. This is something that I that I have learned very much in my life too. I love them as they are and accept them as they are. Yeah. That's so hard sometimes. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> it is hard. <laughs> my sister visited from out of town last week, and it's the first time she's been up to Chicago since pandemic. So it's been like yeah. a year and a half. And it's so excited about the visit, but you know, the, the first day or so we're just like friction because we haven't been around each other. Plus we're, we have all these expectations about our visit. So it mm. takes a while to relax and, and not go, well, she's not doing what I wanted her to do. And, and you know, it's both sides and we know each other so well. It's like, and so then I'm predicting what she's going to do because I do know her so well. And it takes a while to settle in and go, okay, deep breath. We had like two tense conversations, but instead of running away from the conversations, we stuck with it and we talked it out. And it ended up being a good thing, but um, yeah. man, yeah. habits, it's hard sometimes. <laughs> can, I, can I share something that I do lean when those situations yeah. come? Yes. Is that I come with the intention of having fun no matter what. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm just going to connect, being having fun and enjoying. And then because sometimes we put labels in people. We do that all the time. We put them in a square right? Like uh, they are like X, Y, and Z, and they're going to do this than that. And they're going to behave in this way. So because we are expecting that, that's what we project to. But when... Source it. Yeah. So then, so then when we come from the, with the, with the intention of, 
I'm going to be showing myself loving, spending a good time and allowing them to be who they wish it to be and together find out what is going to bring us more joy or where we can connect even deeper. So we want with intention, it, it opens the space to, it opens the space and then we don't go with expectations. We go more with, a, with an open heart and, and acceptance and joy. I love well, it. Thank you so much. You're such a beautiful soul. I adore you. And I'm so glad you kept poking me because I have been in the middle of my leadership class and it is, um, I have two weeks left. So I have, um, I've been just really um, full with self-development, with work development, with now a new relationship. So I'm so glad we got to do this because it came right when the doctor ordered it. And that's how it always comes. That's the divine part about it. So I am super, yes. super grateful for your friendship and your, um, your, your work that you're doing. And oh, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Thank uh, you. Vicky, Lina, well, thank you for allowing me to to express what I have learned in my life journey. And I can continue learning though. Like this is something that I learned <laughs> that it continues. <laughs> that is, it's a lifelong journey, but very rewarding though. Very, very rewarding. It's the most rewarding journey that, that we'll ever have. Thank you. We will post your information on our show notes, but if you would like to tell people where they can find you, Yes, they can follow me uh, in Instagram. My name is Claudia Living Now. As well, I'm very active in LinkedIn, Claudia Velandia. And yeah, like through my website. And then that's, you can reach out to me. I'm very happy to, to have a conversation. Awesome. And I'm so glad to have you in my life now. Thank Aww. you, Vicki, for bringing her to us. This has just been fantastic. Yeah, it was beautiful finding each other. And I think um, mm -hmm. we just clicked automatically. We did. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. <laughs> we totally did. Awesome. Thank you. All right, ladies. Well, have a wonderful week and we will be back again. So tribe out. Tribe out. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Telling on Ourselves. Please rate, review, share, subscribe, download our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you want more Telling on Ourselves, please find us and follow us and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Telling on Ourselves. Tribe out. <laughs>